Koa, this is your boy Elliot Nelson, and we are back with another on the air. Po- Wait, is it on air or on the air? It's on air, on air podcast with the Nelsons. I'm here joined with my lovely bride, Miss Larissa Nelson. Hello. And today, I don't think they heard you. Hello. Thank you. Um. Anyway, we are here again with another episode. As we all know, we are heirs. Um, and if you are new here, uh, please make sure you go ahead and hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcasts. And I don't know if you save on Spotify or not. I say that every episode. I don't really, you know, rock with Spotify like that. It's all Team Apple, Team Apple ecosystem, all that good stuff. So if you're on Apple Podcasts, go ahead and hit the subscribe button and go ahead and leave us leave us a rating, uh, preferably five stars. But I'm not trying to pull your uh, coattail here. Do whatever you're do whatever you please, but please just give us a nice rating and a good comment that helps us to be able to keep going and continue to produce great episodes. Uh, we've been off air, like always, uh, for the past couple of weeks. I promise you we're going to get the consistency right before, but if you uh, are returning, thank you so much for returning with us. And we got a good episode for you today. We are talking about the moolah, the cheddar, the dinero, uh, Christians being wealthy. Uh, one of the big topics of discussion, um, really, not in, even just in our house, but it looks like all around social media, all around the world has been the ideal of finance, wealth, and more so, more than anything, within the Christian construct, believers being wealthy. Now, I want to go ahead and start this conversation off because uh, as heirs, one of the things that we can always, always run back to is the fact that we are left here in inheritance for us to uh, claim, glean toward, all of those things. Uh, but when you hear the word inheritance, a lot of people think about wealth. And so I do believe that the Lord has left us a uh, a bit of wealth here on earth or even in the kingdom of God for the purpose of the kingdom. And I think that is in retrospect to you know whatever you want to believe. But I know... Uh, for us and for, you know, others who are listening to us, you know exactly uh, how, you know, wealth works for the kingdom of God. And so there's some other people out there that don't. To be honest, there's a lot of people out there who uh, pertain to what we call the poverty gospel. Uh, and the poverty gospel is basically saying that if you are wealthy, then you are not close to God. And closer to God that you are, the poorer you shall be. Uh, and that's really a real thing. Yeah. Poverty gospel is a real thing. Just like prosperity gospel is a real thing. We'll talk about that. Um, but poverty gospel is a real, real thing. And I didn't really, you know, the, the idea of money for Christians and for believers has always been a kind of, I wouldn't even say a taboo topic, but we can't call it taboo topic just as much as it is sex because we're so fearful about talking about it because we feel like we're going to offend God for some reason. But my, oh my, do I have a couple of scriptures for you today that refer to wealth when it comes to God, God and wealth, God and money. Uh, so before we begin, babe, what are your thoughts on believers who might stray away from being wealthy in the name of being a son and a daughter of the Most High? I think they don't read their Bible. Okay. That's what I think. Do you think that you are not close to God if you are wealthy? Is that what the Bible says? No, the Bible does not say that. Okay, then. But 
I guess, I guess some people misread the word when it says, uh, for the love of money is the root of all evil. They think that your pursuit of money means that it's somewhat inherently evil. Now, there's a little bit of like selfish ambition that you definitely don't want to be a part of or be, you know, entrapped in. But there are people who literally out there right now who probably even listen to this podcast who fear the idea of going after wealth because it might seemingly be evil. Is that something that one, I guess, could be really toxic church culture per se? Or have you heard that growing up? Have you heard anything like that growing up? Mm, no, I um, I haven't really heard that until I got older, and I was like, "What the heck? Why? Why are people believing this nonsense?" First of all, it's not in the Bible, and if you, you know, misinterpret misinterpret certain scriptures that um that's talking about money or i don't know maybe your um comprehension might be a little bit off <laughs> i i it's just really wild to me that people actually think that and i think that um you know while selfish ambitions based in um motives that are not pure mm-hmm. are I mean that's that's never a good foundation to seek success and riches and money and fame out of. But um, I think motives are important. I think that's the most important thing here when it comes to actually wanting money or wanting to be rich or wanting to be wealthy and leaving an inheritance and stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, do you wanna do you want money for your own sake or do you want money for the kingdom's sake? Well, what would that look like? What is what does wanting money for kingdom's sake look like? Wanting money for kingdom's sake looks like you needing money as a resource. First of all, you seeing money as a resource and not a source. Okay. God is the source. Money is the resource. Money right. is it's uh, not the currency of the kingdom. Money is the currency of the world. It's not the currency of the kingdom, and so we don't operate based off of money however we live in the world even though we're not of the world and because we live in the world we need money to survive clearly um yeah and so the lord gives money as a resource now when it comes to wanting money for selfish gain meaning you want money to you know buy a million dollar house or a a nice car or you know just be show-offy be grand um, you know, you might want to prove to other people who used to talk about you being broke or, you know, who think that you're broke, you who might want to prove them wrong, you know, like the naysayers, if they talked about you being poor, if you were poor growing up, your upbringing, if your parents didn't have money, uh, you know, you might grow up wanting to have money just to prove those type of people wrong. So I'd say that is... A selfish motive, but when it comes to a kingdom motive, you want money to build churches or you want money to, and I'll just speak from my experience, I want money so I can give money. 
My husband knows I have I have the gift of giving. She's the best giver in the world. I and promise you she is. I will literally give the clothes off of my back and the shoes off of my feet, even if I don't have it myself. That, that's even if something. bills are due. If tomorrow. bills are due, somebody needs something. Oh, we don't need this. Brent and, do though. And <laughs> that's how she is. And I gotta ki- I gotta stop her. Because <laughs> man, we gotta keep this roof over our head. What are yeah, you doing? Yeah, and, and and that is um we talk about being disciplined with our money, but that's a different that's kind a, of different that's a different kind of discipline, but that's a different sort of very different day. Uh, well, I mean, it kind of goes into this conversation, too. I think one of the things you just said was, you know, if your your parents didn't really come from money, I think another valuable resource of having money is to break the spirit of poverty. To break the spirit of poverty, to, th- to, to give in church, to pay your tithes so that you can yeah. help your church grow. Or I, I tell people all the time, I want to be a million-dollar tither. Yeah, like, I do, too. Like, I want to be able to be in the, not necessarily in the conversation, but I want to be able to look at the end of the year that I've gave a million dollars. Yeah. 10%. That means I've given 10% of my salary mm-hmm. or my, my whatever I made throughout the year. So that means that I really have to make more than that million dollars. Yeah, I want to be a philanthropist. I want to be able to fund other Christian businesses. And, and, and that's part of kind of what we do here at the Air Collective. Yeah. Um. So don't don't go putting your application in because yeah yeah well that that's that's part of the mission and the vision but that's essentially what I want to do yeah um you know to be able to to give my children a good life a good life one thing I said when I became a mom or when I, I I've always said when I become a mom anything my children ask for I'm going to get it for them if Alora see another got daggone balloon and that daggone start look listen because she knows four balloons. <laughs> she knows that when she wants something from the store if she picks something up and she really wants it we gonna get it for her you know even yeah. even if it's a, a a candy bar or a sucker i let her do that stuff because when i was growing up my mama always told us no mm-hmm. we couldn't go to mcdonald's yeah. We couldn't get the candy bar in the uh, at the front of the store. Um, right. You know, we couldn't shop at Hollister when when Hollister was popping back then. Why do you think I like buying shoes? Yeah, I mean, we could we couldn't do anything. We couldn't afford. And I'm not saying this to bash my parents because they literally gave right. us the best childhood Big ever. Facts. We we really didn't want for nothing. We had an amazing childhood. I have very little childhood trauma outside of you know. Same. Yeah, so my parents did the best they could, you know, but neither of us come for money. Elliot don't come for money. I don't come for money. And so my motive has always been pure from the jump. And that's kind of something that, you know, it's not like I pride myself on it. But at the same time, it's just like I boast in the fact that money has never, ever, ever, ever been my motive. And I feel like that's the reason why we're so blessed now. It's because... Money has never been my motive, but at the same time, I'm a giver. And the Lord has given me the gift of giving. And so when I honor him in that gift, he's yeah. going to give me more. Yeah, I think there's also healthy healthy ways to pursue money. Like, mm-hmm. obviously, if you're going after a job, you're going after a job for money. Like, 
you're not going after a job just because, you know, it's like, yeah, some people might like, yeah, I'm doing this because this is what I love. But at the end of the day, like, you know, one, you know, your, your sanctity, like you need shoes, you need clothes, like, and God wants to give you those things. Mm -hmm. So it's not to say that like the, I don't think the actual pursuit of money is fully bad. I think when your mindset is like we talked about, on, I want to do this because I want to be able to get this on and get earthly, this. On earthly possessions. On earthly possessions, right? Like, you know, I, I, one of the big things that I believe God has been communicating to me often, 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 we'll talk about it right now uh, a little bit here, is that there are so many people who are wealthy in the kingdom of God who are going through a fall right now because they made it about them. Mm. <laughs> and I see them all the time and my eyes get get super big i remember last summer i'm not gonna call their names but they went through a whole scandal of you know tax evasion and all these different things I don't know who you're talking about. you know who i'm talking about they they were in atlanta okay that's all i'm gonna say oh, well, yeah. um <laughs> but they went through all of this stuff and then as i'm i'm watching it play out on social media and i said god don't let that ever be me Yes, I would love to drive a Tesla. Sure, one day I will. Yes, I'm going to give the, my wife the house that she wants. All of those different things. Like I believe that we will be able to live like that, or we will, you know, I guess soon live like that. But I don't ever want. I always judge my meter like this: is that if you take away the fear of gods, if you take away the car, if you take away all of those things, mm-hmm. will I still? Be who I am in Jesus. Yeah, and the answer for me is always yes. Yes. Because I ain't never had nothing until now. And my prayer has always been, Lord, give me more so that I can give more. Yeah. Bless me so that I can be a blessing to others. Yeah. And I have always, always honored him in that, and I'll never stop because money... And, I'm not a slave to a dollar. No. That's the thing, Mm-mm. and one of and that's the big thing amongst. We've talked about this, like I guess you know, touch and go here on the podcast. But you know, I fear that a lot of people who are believers, who are going after wealth, who are going after you know these businesses, all of those things. There's nothing wrong with those things, but my fear is that a lot of people have come so much of a slave to a dollar that they put down their cross. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. and I've seen it in real time. Y'all don't yeah, even know who Jesus is anymore it, because you're so focused on trying to get to that dollar. Because the devil is so crafty in the way he deceives people into thinking that or into... Uh, I don't even think they know that they're making money in idol or God, but that's just why the devil easy. is so crafty and he so easily deceives people when it comes to chasing after money, making it an idol... Um, you know, spinning it on stupid stuff so that they're broke and they just stay in this hamster wheel cycle. Yeah. And so here, here's the thing. Here's one of the revelations I got. Actually, three scriptures, not two. Uh, we all know the, the parable that Jesus had where he was he was talking to the disciples and he said, it's hard for a rich man to get into heaven than it is, dang it, I can't remember it right now. But it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven. And I kept hearing this scripture for like two months and all I kept hearing was God say this is a warning it does not mean that you cannot pursue wealth right. it means that pursuing wealth outside of me will literally be hard for you to get into heaven 
And a lot of people do not want to admit that, right? Like, we go around, like, as, as Christians, as heirs, like, tooting our horn, like, yeah, toot, toot, I, like, beep, beep, all this, all, all this stuff when it comes to how much money we've made and, you know, what course I just I just launched and all of these different things. And while I do believe strongly that God wants you wealthy, he does not want you wealthy apart from him. Mm. And the reason why is because of that scripture. It is hard for a rich man to get into heaven. Literal fact. Why? Because rich people act like they don't need nobody. Mm. More importantly, they act like they don't need God. And that has been my heart check for the last three months. Elliot, when the, when the checks come in from different brands, or you, even your paycheck comes in, what do you do? What do you do when you're seeing money that you have never seen before in your life? Mm -hmm. It is very easy to get full of yourself. Yeah. It is very easy for you. For, here's how I don't forgive God. Forget God. I pay my tithes. That's it. That's it. <laughs> Straight up. Hey, God. The first thing. That's here the you first go. thing. You here you go. As soon as I wake up. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Because I would not have this without you. Mm -hmm. When I'm making a million dollars a year, guess what? Here you go. There you go. Is it hundred grand? Yeah, we pay. We, we pay a lot of money. I pay. In I pay a lot of size. We pay a lot of money. In I pay a lot of size. And God. if I could have that back, it, boy. Elliot, <laughs> <laughs> I'm usually the one who got to send it off because the brother over here. I'll be getting bit out of shape. <laughs> but but at the same time, like though I be getting bit out of shape, I enjoy doing it because. Like, it took me a while to get here. There was a time in my life where I was not paying tithes. But period, you know what? Blank. And I think that's almost every man. Because I remember my mom telling me, my dad, hey, tithes. I work too hard. I would rather go. But, it, but it's easy to pay tithes when you know that, one, you're going to get it back. And here comes mm -hmm. the investment portion right here. It's easy for me to pay tithes knowing that within the next 30 days, within the next 60 days, no matter what, I'm going to see it tenfold. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's not hard for me to give anymore like it used to be. It's still a little bit like... I was going to say, I don't think it's still ever going to be easy because it, it's just a, it's a test it's a, of faith. And I think scripture even... there There's only one time in the Bible where the Lord tells us to try him. Yeah. So he can prove, uh, prove us. Yeah. Prove to us who he is. Only one time, and it is in relation to tithes. Yeah. And what's interesting for me is that there was I was we were just looking at this tithing thing on our on my phone, and I saw I don't even know if you remember when we were dating, that I felt like the Lord was telling me to give three hundred fifty dollars to Elevation when I was going to Elevation at the time. Mm, slightly. It was it was random. I said, I don't know why God keeps telling me to do this. I don't want to do this because it's a lot of money. At the time, it was a lot of money. At the time, it was a lot of money. So I don't know why He's telling me to do this, but I'm gonna do it. And I've been looking. It, it just it just came back to my memory. I said, Yo, like when? I ain't never seen that back. Yes, I have. <laughs> I actually have. I've seen it fifty times over. It just. As soon as that happened, I moved to Indiana. Mm -hmm. We got married. Things start like that was a deposit. Here it comes. <laughs> that was a seed as we were talking about at church. 
into what we see today. And a lot of you probably need to be encouraged in that is that, yo, like you ain't making money just for yourself. Yes, scripture says enjoy the fruits of your labor. I have to tell Larissa to do that all the time because she won't enjoy Jack. She would rather live in a hut. <laughs> Me, on the other hand, I'm the very much so enjoy the fruits of your labor because you worked yeah. hard for it. Yeah, God did yeah. not put you on this earth. I'm going to say it right here because I know a lot of y'all ain't going to like it. I know we just talked about the tithing and the giving and all of that stuff. And you're like, whoa, this is a little different from what y'all were just talking about. But listen carefully. I'm not telling you to pursue wealth for your fruits of your labor. I'm telling you to enjoy it because you worked hard for it. You did not put 40 hours a week in just for you to not enjoy not one cent of it. Yeah, because life gets boring and eventually you... You will be depressed. Yeah, you're going to be depressed and you're going to be like, why the heck am I alive? Like, this, right. like you, you don't get to enjoy any same, part of life. What life is supposed to be. And that's, and that's not how God created it for you. So, you know, we, we discussed and talked about a little bit about how like pursuing material things and things earthly possessions is something that you don't want to do but at the same time i do believe there is a time and a space where god will say yo i want to bless you with the car i want to bless you with the house yeah, i want to bless you with you the want. shoes go get what you want but please do not make these things your god mm-hmm. if you are driving around with an expensive car and that thing is literally your god you would not know what to do when he tells you to go back to a 92 Honda. Right. Perfectly, he will not tell you to do that. Like, I know it's a little bit strange. But I'm just saying, like, you don't want to do, you know, that specifically. For those of y'all that who are who are listening, and you're probably even wondering, wow, like, this is kind of challenging me on how I perceive wealth as a believer. I also want to pour to you this, that your, your Bible literally tells you that he is the one that gives you the power to obtain it. To obtain wealth. Mm-hmm. And so he he's giving you the power to obtain wealth in Deuteronomy uh I have it right here. Deuteronomy eight eighteen. You should probably read Deuteronomy eleven through eighteen, but I don't have the time to do that today. But I'll read verse seventeen for you. Otherwise you may say in your heart, and this is for all the manifest people in the world. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. Ha, lie. Mm, mm. That, that, what version is this? This is, this is the NSAB version. Matter of fact, I'm a, I, I will read it. Beware that you do not forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his ordinances and his statutes, which I am commanding you today. Otherwise, when you have eaten and are satisfied and have built good houses and lived in them, and then, or in when your herds and your flocks multiply and your silver and gold multiply and all that you have multiplies, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out from the land of Egypt out of the house of slavery. He led you through the great and terrible wilderness with his fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water. He brought water for you out of the rock of Flint. In the wilderness, he fed you manna, which are which are he fed you manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do good for you in the end. That's another scripture for another day because I I got a point right there. Verse seventeen. Otherwise, you may say in your heart, you may say in your heart, my power and the strength of my hand made me this wealth. But you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who has given you power to make wealth. 
and he may confirm his covenant, which he swore to your fathers that it is this day. It shall come about if you ever forget the Lord your God and go after other gods and serve them and worship them. I testify against you today that you will surely perish. Mm. So a couple of things to take from this. One, you don't ever want to be in a position where you feel as though you have done this. This is my problem with manifest culture right now. Y'all are walking around, especially, I'm not even talking, let's, let's just talk about the believers because I'm very big on not addressing the world who don't know. But for y'all who do know and are still spitting manifest culture and trying to bring it into Christianity, I'm not talking about manifestation of the Bible. I'm talking about the new age religion where you're trying to will something of yourself. Mm -hmm. And trying to say, I manifested. It's the word I for me. Not God manifested this. Mm -hmm. Not God did this. It's the fact that I manifested this. And well, you ain't all, manifest we, a thing. You saying that God manifested something is whack anyway. Again, y'all don't know how to comprehend the word. The Lord don't have to manifest nothing. He sends his word out to manifest it for us. So it's not him. It's his word. Period. That makes me mad. That yeah. makes me so mad. He 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 he's done everything he's gonna do. He ain't gotta do nothing else. He's sitting up there chilling. Yeah. He sends his word out to accomplish things. Yeah. And then it comes back to him and lets him know and it lets him know if he if they did it or not. If the word did it or not. And it's always gonna do it. Yeah. And that's why we say heirs have access. Like that's where the original, you know, the tagline came from. It's the fact that I have access to a father who owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Mm -hmm. He is the one that creates the, like, like he's given me power to create wealth so that everything my hand touches shall prosper because mm -hmm. of him. Right. Not because of what Elliot's got on him. Not, not whatever anointing Elliot got on him. Not whatever Larissa's talent is. All of those things are gifts given to to us by the father coming down from lights mm -hmm. like you have got to understand that as a son and a daughter you do not have the power without god mm -mm. you have some you sort of power and, and but you, you don't have a power that's as big enough as god let me tell you that right now it ain't your power it's some it's some demonic power it's only two powers in this world there's only two there's only two it don't come from you so, I hope that scares y'all too. Okay. <laughs> I'm serious. But no, seriously, like, like, t take it as such that he's giving you power to, to obtain wealth. And if, he's giving, if he has given you power to obtain wealth, and all of these believers from, I guess, yesteryears or whatever are talking about, you know, it, it, like, it's hard, it's hard for a rich man to get to heaven, so don't pursue wealth. You know, what's, what's crazy to me, what I've, what I've seen from some people before is that there are some believers who don't desire to be millionaires. And mm, I guess they, they, they have a point. I, I aspire to be a, a I, billionaire. Yeah, I aspire towards that. Why? It is not for my own selfish gain. Mm -hmm. It is for, literally, I think through all of these things, y'all, like, before we even got on here, I thought about, we always talk about how, what does it say about God if we talk like this, or we dress like this, or we, you know, walk around like this. My question to y'all is, what is, uh, how does it speak well of God when our bank accounts are low? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. Excuse me. I just but- shared something. Sorry to cut you off. I just shared something on Facebook. Um, you, you, so y'all know everything that's going on in Afghanistan right now, right? Mm-hmm. Kenneth Copeland. And I'm going to read it. It says, do you know what Kenneth Copeland did with his plane? Yes. The plane that should only be in the hands of unbelieving rich people. Mm-hmm. The plane that a man of God should, quote unquote, never have. Mm-hmm. He gave his plane to be used in planning, in the planning and aid of the rescue of over 5,100 Christian Afghans and refugees in a private rescue mission. Mm. He also gave $15 million to see the mission accomplished using many planes. Something like, the United States would never do. Literally, it says Jeff Bezos or Mark Zuckerberg or any billionaires. Ste- did they step up to help? Would no. Never. But would a prosperous never. Christian did and would. can do for having what the covetous say he should never have. Mm. So tell me why. T- mm. Tell me why. That believers just can't be wealthy now. Like, like someone tell me. Someone tell me. There's a lot of things we have to unlearn as millennials. Like, yeah. I think we're, we're living that yeah. unlearning process out now. We're starting to see, wait a second. It's okay for my family line to be a bunch of millionaires. Yeah. It is okay. Not only is it okay, like, Kenneth Copeland lives a lavish life. Yeah, he sure do. <laughs> Joel Osteen. He enjoyed his life. And, and like I said, like, like I talk. T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes. They all, all live in their life. They, they enjoy the fruits of their labor. But I guarantee, like, a lot of people, and it, it, it bothers my soul sometimes because there are people who, and granted, there are some crooked pastors out there. Don't get me wrong, y'all. Like, I hate them. But there are a lot of believers out here. I'm thinking about Michael Todd right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you. Um, Michael Todd. Literally, I'm inspired by his faith. In three years alone, he has accumulated $70 million worth of property. Dang. His church building, the complex that he bought, and now he's bought another uh, headquarters. All in the same vicinity. $70 plus million. And that complex he bought, all of those stores and Chick-fil-A and all that other stuff, pay him. Oh dang! They did not pay him, but pay the church, mm-hmm. right? They they create like he said in his sermon that they even they said you know what we're not only going to have a nonprofit we're going to have a for profit too, and we're going to have oh, a for profit to accumulate all this rent from these leases and all these other things so that we can give money out. Mm-hmm. So again, why can't believers be wealthy? Y'all be talking a whole lot of junk about these pastors. And my thing about this is, y'all don't know exactly what they're doing with their money. All you see is the Tesla. All you see is the gold chains, the Dior shoes, and things like that. And y'all don't want y'all pastors to dress like that. Let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. I do not mind my pastor wearing shoes that I can't afford. Listen, because when I hit my first million, I'm going to Chanel. Listen, I'm going to be up in Saxville. Okay. And, and that's not to brag. But I do believe that there is a stature of God. And I'm not saying that that stature has to be through designer or anything like that. But it's, it's, it's literally a marketing, I guess, ploy, if you will. Like, I believe that God will lead somebody to go buy product and all these different things. And the reason why is because how are you going to save the world? Mm-hmm. Looking, looking like you just came off the street. Like, uh, meekly, meekly, and oh yeah, so, somebody's gonna speak to you. 
And I'm not, and some people have spoken to you. Appreciate all of that. But I want us to think through the mindset of there's a thing that, that in business where you, when you drive a certain car, your clientele goes up. It, it is literally an effect. And I believe, I mean, some people use it for, for evil, but I believe you can use it for good. Well, what do kings and queens wear? Royal, royal stature things. Gold. Even if all you, these the, different the things. The modern day royal kings and queens. Queen Elizabeth and uh, Meghan Markle and all them. You think they wearing Walmart clothes? No. They're not, wearing, they're not even near Girl, no Walmart. They're not wearing any of that. Dr. Faith. She she posted somebody who was talking about their Maserati, and she said, and that person said, "My Maserati has saved more souls than anybody." Mm. He said, and, and, and it's it's I wouldn't say it's sad that we have to, you know, that things have to happen that way, but at the same time, listen, and my dad, he is the first person who taught me about the kingdom in depth, but he always says. And and even when you really study scripture, when Jesus is talking about the kingdom, what did he do? He drew people with their needs and their wants, not yep. just their needs, but their wants too. Yep. People want to enjoy life. Yep. People want money. They want money. They want freedom and they want happiness. Yep. You can have all of those things within the kingdom yep. and you don't have to compromise on it. That's why... Money is um, is it a resource? No, I I would call it like a a magnet. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a magnet. You, you know? know it. So so in that post, matter of fact, let me let me pull that up because I was I was so encouraged with it because I, I know a lot of people you know I run into like oh like you know E just want to be this you know this flashy guy this that and the third I'm like I'm like there's a reason for there's a method to my to my madness almost. You know, one, I don't have to explain nothing to nobody and none of y'all, so I don't really care. But, where is it at? She was talking about, oh, here it is, right here, boom. This person said, my car is an evangelist. A young man named David came up to talk to me about my car while I was getting gas. He asked me what I do. I told him I'm a businessman, but used to have all kinds of problems before I found Jesus. He began to tell me all the problems he was having trying to get his son back, as well as laundry list of life issues. I asked him if he was a Christian, and he said no. He was Baptist. We'll talk about that another day. I asked again, how's your relationship with Jesus? He bowed his head and said, not good. It was then he decided to dedicate his life to Jesus, not a religion, as he gave Holy Spirit permission to fill him. Power came upon him strong. He drove off change. This is the second person my car has led to the Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for Maseratis. What hearts for souls? Well, you got to be careful when it comes to that, too, because you don't want that to be the motive behind salvation. It's uh, like, no, oh, facts. if I give my life to Jesus, he's going to give me a Maserati. No, <laughs> but no. I don't think that man, I don't think in this in this description that, like, like yeah, you should be careful, but I don't think that guy literally walked away like, yo, like I found this guy who had the Maserati of my dreams and boom, like I got saved and now I'm about to get a Maserati too. But some people think that giving some, their life to Jesus or living for Jesus means you what, automatically become rich. What That's where discipleship comes from. Because I'm be honest with y'all. I think it's really silly that people think that. I do too. Because like you've been living in, been, you've been living in life 
for how long and nothing has came easy mm -hmm. you think coming into jesus is going to make things mm -hmm. easier it's Let me not tell you. make it easier but it, he'll give you the blueprint he'll, he'll give, give you the, the blueprint, blueprint because he's going to let you know how to operate your purpose in order to obtain all of that how to use your gifts and talents that he put inside of you to obtain that not oh i'm gonna I'm a, uh you know make a million dollars to fall in your lap yeah. He's God. He can do that because yeah. he's God. But, but but he ain't gonna do that. One, like, yeah, it could bring him glory, but I think it gives him more glory for him to break you down and then build you back up. Why? When because the, because it's a seed. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> it's a seed word. It's a seed. He yeah. put chairs and wood and uh paper inside of the trees. Mm -hmm. I could just go on and on and on and on and He's on done so many things. That. And so one of the big things, again, we're going back to, to he's giving you the power to create wealth. Another scripture in Ecclesiastes talked about having seven, if not eight streams of income just in case a famine comes. Because mm -hmm. you never know the day, the time where, one, where you'll need one, if not all. Mm -hmm. is what the Bible talks about. And so for those, like, for anybody who might be even new to Jesus, one of the things that Revelation I had last year was that it was a lot of people struggling during the pandemic. But I believe those people who are struggling were, were going to be wealthy because essentially what God needed to do last year or through the pandemic was for us to be for us to be humbled. So that when we are in wealth, that we can understand when the pandemic has happened, when a pandemic has come, when the pandemic is coming that we can then step up and to be a resource. I think our, our pastor kind of prophesied that, like we were going to go into a time where we're going to be needed the most. Mm -hmm. And as an heir, having an inheritance, especially from God, is literally living out the fact that, one, you have multiple streams of income. Two, you have the power to create wealth. But also, number three, that you have so much wealth that you're able to help people through a pandemic. Mm -hmm. That you're able to to not only take care of yourself and your means and all the things that you have to get to have to take care of, but you can take care of others as well. Now, there's a, a, a such thing called money boundaries that I, I'll touch on really quickly because I don't want you to miss out on the fact that when we say take care of people, that means take advantage of. Because I'm gonna be really completely honest with y'all. You are as a believer, not someone's personal ATM. You have got to know some money boundaries. Being one of the things I got, and I got to study this a little bit more, but when I hear you are the lender and not the borrower, it means that I'm lending money to somebody. But what is a loan? It means something I have to pay back. And I'm not saying that the person has to pay me back money, but there's something, there's a return on investment here. So when I'm lending someone money, whether it's them paying me back or God paying me back tenfold we talked about this in church that there has to be good ground there mm -hmm. and there's a lot of people out there a lot of y'all who are listening i'm gonna be honest with y'all y'all are probably one of those people who are giving away your money to any and everybody because you feel bad mm, i'm one of them and honestly <laughs> that is the quickest way to to, to be back to poverty yeah like you have got to know some money boundaries you have got to be able to say uh, and and I'm I'm really more so focused on saying I don't give money unless I feel led to give it. I don't care what sob story you got. 
if I don't feel led to get, like, if I go pray about it, I don't know. Some people say you ain't got to pray to get money. For me, yeah, <laughs> I got to pray because and here's the thing: it's serious for me because I don't. <laughs> you're laughing, but I'm so serious. It's serious for me because if I give you money, I don't want you coming in back ten ten days later looking for some more. Well, so. Aside from Elliot snapping on me about this, the Lord had to really show me. <laughs> I didn't snap on you. You I, always snap I, on I me. Pa- about I passed you through no. this. Okay, well, you did it very harshly. <laughs> I I think the last time you did it, I I, yeah. I literally said, "All right, enough is enough." The Lord had to show me that if I keep giving these people money when they run to me, that is me being their God me subconsciously thinking that I am their God and so they're not running to the Lord it's not like God dealt with you harsher than I did I didn't even say that to you you did and I was like oh shoot well I ain't giving no more money (laughs) (laughs) no you need to go to God beloved don't come to me because I've given you money one too many times and now you think that if you keep coming to me I'm going to keep giving you money because and people, people know, like people, people know my heart. They know that I have the gift of giving and they know, they know if they come to me and ask me anything for anything, I'm going to say yes and I'm going to give it to them. But I had to learn the hard way. If this keeps happening, you know, yeah. you're, you're, you're putting yourself in the position of their God. Yeah, and I was like, I can't do that no more. And look, we and we've never re- been really drastic about it. I'll tell the story, and then we'll we'll get to closing. But yeah, we'll get to closing. But I was watching Tiffany Montgomery's stories, and if if anybody's familiar with Tiffany Montgomery, she's a powerhouse. She she does all these great things for the kingdom, all these different things, blah blah blah. But she was doing a live with somebody, and somebody asked her about money boundaries, and she said, "Look, you have to have money boundaries. You have to say no to some people." And the reason why is because one, like we talked about, that they will use you as a personal ATM. She said, I had a friend who was on the verge of eviction. This is like her third eviction, whatever. And I helped her out before and I told her, no, you're going to have to get evicted and you're going to have to go to a women's shelter. <laughs> sounds so harsh. It sounds so just... harsh. But at the end of the day, it's like, like, bruh, because you have wealthy friends, I'm going to just say it like this. Just because you have wealthy, wealthy friends, family, I don't care what it is. They don't owe you a dime. Mm-mm. They don't owe you a dime. You don't owe them a dime. If you're listening, you don't owe them nothing, right? You have to give. When I hear the hear the term cheerful giver, I have to be able to give to you and not care about what you're doing with it. Not care about how, like if it's going to come back to me. Like to cheerfully mm-hmm. give to you means that I cheerfully want to help you, but I don't want to enable you. That's why when I give something, I don't expect the bag. And and that's and that's my my big thing about money boundaries is that one, are you giving this cheerfully, or are you saying I want to give this because I feel bad about the situation? It's the fifth time they're going through this. Sure, let me throw ahead, go ahead and throw them something. Like no, no, that that's just that's just not how this works. And we not as hard to Tiffany Montgomery. I probably want to <laughs> tell them. Hey, like you gonna have to get evicted, but but nah, no, no. <laughs> like that's a little harsh. But I but I feel it. I understand it because you've been coming to me several times. Mm-hmm. When are you gonna do something for you? 
when it, if God gave me the power to create wealth, he's also given you the power to create wealth. You ain't like your your hands are still able. That's so what I'm saying. They're not going to God and asking him, yo, what should I do? Show me my gift. Show me my talent. Show me how to multiply this. Show me how to make money. Show me how to be crafty and creative so that you know yeah. I can sustain myself or take care of my family because he's gonna do it. And if you come to me, you ain't asking him them questions. You right. trying to get it easy. Right. And I'm sorry. I worked too hard for that. Like, and I don't feel bad with saying that. I I don't work like Et said before. He said on his little album that hey, like, I don't work, I don't work to take care of me and you. You ain't got money problems, or money don't solve money problems. You need income. Yeah, and I don't mind. Like I said, I don't mind once. Okay, yeah, I got you twice. Okay, you know I understand three times, maybe even. All right. But when it becomes repeated, that's what I'm saying. When it becomes a lifestyle, when it when it become when it feels like when I get to a point where I feel like okay, you literally just ain't gonna stop anytime soon until I say shut up. Right. I mean not shut up until I say stop. And 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 just a little tip, I guess. Even when we used to borrow money from our family members, ask Elliot. I would give them I would give them their money back with interest because yeah. you won't know. Yeah. You gonna know. Yeah. And I don't even like asking people for money, but that's another story for mm, another time. Heck you know. Because again, I believe that God own, like I have access to my father's bank mm-hmm. account. Okay. I have access to the father of heaven's bank account. So therefore, none of my none of like yeah, my a bill might be late. But hey, it's gonna be provided for. Right. So all in all, as heirs we just have to be able to be in a place, in a position to know that we do have the power to create wealth. And one of the biggest things and goals for my life as I celebrate a birthday soon, uh, that I'm looking to gain seven to eight, in, uh, seven or eight streams of income, not just solely for myself, but to be able to be a very, uh, what is the word I'm looking for? To be impactful in the kingdom of God. Because at the end of the day, I know some people will argue this point. I don't care if you're going to argue it, argue it in the comments. But how are you going to help the kingdom broke? You can't. You, I always say you can't change the world, bro. You can't change the world, Ain't bro. nobody broke ever changed the world. Yeah, like, you're sure, your talents and your service are great. Where's the Where's the coin at? One day we'll talk about digital currency and how digital currency is going to impact the kingdom of God, too. I'm not ready for that conversation, though. That's a convo you need to have by yourself. Yeah, because she not she's not gonna be able to sit on that one. That's probably like for another type of maybe a YouTube video or something. But all in all, y'all, like I I, I want to encourage you that money is not money. The love of money is evil. Money itself is not evil. It is a resource. There's a lot of kingdom minded pastors who are getting wealth and then they're throwing it ever so which way and still enjoying the fruits of the labor. You can do both. You can't enjoy the fruits of your labor and be a cheerful giver. You can't enjoy the fruits of your labor and give two times as much as you've even enjoyed yourself. So I want you to be encouraging that. If you are heir, you have access. You have access to a to a king who has a cattle of a thousand hills. You have the power to create wealth. And we want you to go live that out. For all of us out there, for us here, I know my wife is ready to go to sleep. Yeah. So anyway. Uh, We are heirs, and we will see you next time.
Peace.